All right, what's up, my kings and queens? Welcome back to another edition to Society's Playlist. And today, on today's podcast, we got Tanaya, hey. my very close friend. Met her at family band camp, what, two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Tanaya, just tell the people about yourself. Tell the people about yourself. Um, so, you know, I I live in Georgia. I'm in Newman County. I go to Newman High School. I'm in a band, play the alto saxophone, just like my boy Jason. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, um, I'm interested in going to North Carolina A&T for college, you know, majoring in chemical engineering with a minor in biology. Uh, you know, just trying to make it through the rest of this year, trying to keep my head on right, try to follow the path that was made for me. Um, you know, just be successful. That's, that's basically it. Yes, we love to hear it. And she also forgot to mention that she's a drum major, just like your oh, boy. Yeah. Drum major, drum major. So it's a drum major podcast, right, you know what I'm right, right. But um, just for my people out there, uh, remember, my name is Jason Lane, a.k.a. Maestro J. You can follow me at Maestro J underscore FL on my Instagram or music by Maestro J also on my Instagram. Or you can follow my Twitter, same thing, music by music, ah, Maestro J underscore FL. And it's the same for, um, about the same for everything. So hit me up. Okay, so it's interesting that you said that you want to go to NCAT because today's topic is actually about HBCUs. Yeah. So let um uh, what what I'm gonna just start off. What what compelled you to want to go to HBCU? Because everybody here knows that I want to go to FAMU, mm-hmm. the best HBCU out there. You know, already know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just want to know what compelled you to wanting to go to HBCU? Uh, so, you know, I growing up, like elementary, middle school, I was pretty much raised around predominantly a white area because um, that's just the way that the county is and the schools and whatnot. So, you know, I just didn't really feel that in touch with my culture. And so I looked, I was looking at a whole bunch of colleges, you know, not too long ago. And I just was looking and I was like, this doesn't seem like it's for me. But then I started seeing videos of HBCUs, especially the band is what really um, pulled me into HBCUs because those the bands there are unmatched. Like you can't find that anywhere else. And just the camaraderie and, you know, just like the unity of it all. It's just it really pulled me in. So that's really what like persuaded me to go with HBCUs. I just wanted to reconnect with my people, you know, learn more about my culture, you know, just being a little, being a little family, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I definitely feel you on that one because before I got into high school, I wanted to actually be an engineer right? and um, go to like Georgia Tech or something. Mm -hmm. And then I got in the band and it exposed me to more HBCU culture because, you know, I go to predominantly black um, high school. Right. So my band directors, they went to HBCUs. So then they started talking to us about it. And I was like, I never heard of the term HBCU because I just thought they were all colleges. I didn't hear, hear about PWIs and all that. Right. But then they started saying HBCU and I started doing research. And it was like, it's historically black college for a reason. And mm-hmm. then, of course, it's predominantly black students there. Right. And I feel more comfortable around black students. So why not? And then I started... As more, the more I started learning about it, I started seeing how many people in my families uh, went to HBCUs, and I was really interested by that. And I was like, "Wait, I want to go to HBCU too." So um, then, most of the people in my mom's side went to FAMU and all that. So mm-hmm. it it kind of just grew on me, and you know, now we're here, junior mm-hmm. year, finna go to college right. after a while. So 
HBCUs the route to go, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, for me, none of my family, except for my sister, none of them really went to HBCUs because my mom, she grew up in Atlanta. And so she never really had, you know, a want to go to an HBCU because she already grew up around a lot of black people and she already got a lot of that culture. But my sister went to Virginia State. And so, you know, at one point she was trying to persuade me to go there, but I was like, "Mm, I'm okay. So I decided with NCAT, you know, because I don't know, it's just, it's something about going to an HBCU that's a different experience than going to a PWI. Exactly. And I think that some, some, I feel like some African-Americans are ages. Right. A lot of them are getting, like, a lot of them are starting to transition into loving HBCUs, but there's still a whole lot of out there that's still in the mindset that the HBCU is quote unquote ghetto or- right. It's, it's not better than the PWIs. And I think that's a major problem that we have because that's kind of like, you heard of the saying, white is right? Yeah. That's kind of what they're thinking. I feel like it's a lot to do with what their parents are thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because usually the parents never went to HBCU, so they don't know what HBCU culture is, but they just right. judge it based off of what the majority white people are saying about it. Right. One thing I'm thankful for is that, like, my parents were never discouraging me from going. You know, they were always supportive of wherever I wanted to go. And so because my dad never went to college, so it was just my mom. But she's never discouraged me from going to an HBCU. She's always pushed me towards it because I'm at least I'm getting an education, you know. So I just that's I I don't understand why people like to bash on them as if that they're less than PWIs and really it's just I feel like you can really equate them to one another or HBCUs you can even put them up higher but that's just my opinion yeah I feel you because that's the exact same situation with me my dad didn't go to college mm-hmm. but my mom went to um a PWI she actually went to Georgia State same. and um in the beginning oh she went to Georgia State as well yep oh wow that's crazy but you know uh my mom she was like in the beginning she was like oh I want my son to go to a school like Georgia Tech, but she didn't really say PWI. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she had any um what's the what's the term for it? Discriminatory thoughts towards HBCUs. Right. Because of course her cousins went there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the family a lot of the family went there. So of course she's not gonna discourage it. But she probably didn't know that as I grew I was gonna be like, oh HBCU. So when I made that decision that I want to go to HBCU, she was uh, on board with it. She was like, all right. I'm going to support you because if this is what you want to do, then I'm not going to tell you that you can't do otherwise. And I feel like a lot of parents kind of, a lot of parents do that to their ch- children. They're like, hey, you're not going there. You're going here. Right. And I actually, I actually have a few friends, you probably as well, that, that parents do that. they like, you're yeah. not going there. They try to live vicariously through their child. Like, you know, they want them to go to a PWI so they can experience what it's like, you know. I just I I feel like that's how a lot of parents are nowadays. They just they try to live the life that they didn't they weren't able to live themselves through their children, which isn't fair to the child whatsoever. Exactly. And I think they lose focus. Like they like not many people were successful from PWIs. Right. I mean not PWIs, HBCUs. Right. But there's a whole lot of people who are successful that went to um HBCUs. And I think mm-hmm. then they, don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Oprah went to a Peter uh HBCU. I think so. I think she did. So that's a big that's a huge uh you can't say celebrity. She's really an icon right. that went to HBCU and is very successful. And it's like like that song by Lil Yachty he's like Oprah's bank account 
that that's because she's so rich. That's right. why. And it's not even just being rich. It's just having an influence on the world. Mm-hmm. And I think HBCUs have a major impact on the world. They definitely do. Because, I don't know, it's just, it's a place where we can all connect with one another. We all feel each other's struggle. And we can talk about it, you know, kind of just without being judged most of the time. And I just, I feel it feels like a genuine family. You it feels closer than if you were to go to a PWI because to me, when you go to a PWI, you're just going there for the education, you know, for the reputation. Cause at one point in time, I wanted to go to um, MIT or um, Georgia Tech, just like you, but mm-hmm. and then I changed my mind, but I just, I feel like going to an HBCU, you'll guess you'll get that education, but you'll also meet so many people that you call your brothers and sisters down the line and you know because family isn't just blood you know it's close relationships with people so I feel like going to an HBC you'll definitely get that experience exactly I I definitely feel that because we're not even there yet and we already feel like we're part of it so that's uh that means it has a a big influence on um us and us African-American youth so um along with that um how do you feel about white people going to a HBCU are you not not really against it but are you like a little iffy about it or do you just think do you support it um personally I support it I support it as long as you're respectful of what's going on like you know you respect what's happening on those campuses and the meaning behind what they put forth for their students you know I have no problem with white people being there um it's just when they come to think that they are part of the African African American community now because they go to an HBCU because that's not the case. You know, you still need to recognize your privilege. You still need to recognize where you stand. But if they chose to go to an HBCU to learn more, you know, I can't get in the way of somebody trying to educate themselves. But as long as you do it in a respectful manner, I have no problem with it. How about you? I feel the exact same way. Because I feel I don't really see it as often, but you know, there's still some cases out there where a white individual has went to HBCU and they feel like they just in the black community black. and that's just, that is a pass. Right. But just because you went to HBCU and you're white, that doesn't mean that you're black by association. Mm-hmm. It just means that you acknowledge that black people are succeeding now and that black people have something that they call their own family right. and it's not like you're you're still part of that family like you're still part of hbcu family mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you're part of the black community mm-hmm. and i feel like for the majority for the most part white people that do go to hbcus they understand that and it's because they they most likely grew up in an area that's predominantly black or mm-hmm. latino or any of that so they kind of they kind of used to that so they don't they don't really What's it? What's it called? Perude, perude, yeah, you know, perude on that that aspect of HBCU and the culture. It's when for me, but it's a problem for me because when black people or some black people will try to gatekeep the colleges, and I understand, you know, like this is us, like that's who we are. These colleges were open for us back in the day because those were the only colleges that we were able to attend. But you know, trying to say that. HBCUs are only for Black people. It's like you're regressing back into the time period where colleges were only for white people. You know, you're excluding another race out of it. You know, I just feel like 
why try to be like the white men? Why try to be how they were? Aren't we supposed to be better? Aren't we supposed to to progress ourselves? But you guys are trying to gatekeep it, you know, try to keep it for yourselves, you know. Like, I understand um, people are iffy about them learning about the culture because it's us. But at the same time, we want... um, we want them to understand us so that they realize, I mean, okay, you know, somebody who's uneducated isn't going to understand. They're never going to understand our point of view. So we want them to be educated. We want them to be informed. So opening up the doors to HBCUs for them is very important, I feel like, because that's like a direct pathway to education and understanding of our community. Exactly. And it's like, you know, it's like, you don't want to go back in time to where it's like segregated right. and you don't want to, you don't want to make it like, Oh, HBCUs is only for black people or right. PWI is only for white people. It's just in the name. Like it's not saying like when you say PWI or HBCU, like historically black college right. or university or predominantly white institution, mm-hmm. they, they're not saying that it's only white or only black. They're just saying it's predominantly. So the history was, more towards one race but it didn't say only so i feel like some people lose sight of that and they just believe that no you can't go to hbcu because you're not black or hispanic or whatnot right and that just defeats the whole purpose because the point of a hbcu or the point of any college really is to unite people and to help educate anybody that's wanting to pursue a higher education definitely definitely i just i don't know it's just I feel like we should make way for the education aspect. You know, I some people feel as though it's dumb trying to steal it from us, you know, appropriate it or whatnot. But I don't really view it like that. I just view it as them trying to educate themselves because it's not our jobs as black people to educate white people. We're not teachers. You know, if you want to learn more, go learn it on your own because that's what we had to do. So that's what you need to do as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But what what do you feel? Do you feel that? And this is kind of an obvious answer to it because I kind of know what you're gonna say. Mm-hmm. But how do you do? You believe that HBCUs teach Black people about about their culture more and about the history more? Definitely. And I already know I already know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Like, um, I feel like you know, since then the name historically Black College, they kind of have an obligation to do so. You know, it's like there's so many historical things that happened on almost every single campus of an HBCU. Like for North Carolina A&T, I think it was the Greensboro Five, you know, they had a sit-in. And that's like revolutionary, you know, that's something that people know about NCAT. Like that's that's a staple for them. So it's it's really imperative that they teach our history because if they don't, that kind of defeats the purpose, you know. It's they they that. Yeah, I definitely feel like when you go to an HBCU, you're going to learn a lot more because I feel like, you know how at PWIs, you can choose to take African-American studies. I think at HBCUs, that's kind of just like a given in the history classes. You know, they are going to teach you about it already because most of those professors there are Black and they are for the culture. They are for teaching the new generation what we need to know so we can keep making change. And that you're definitely uh, right on that aspect because I don't know if you went to the FAMU band camp online this year, no. but oh, but um, I believe that 
what was his name? I can't I can't remember his name, but him and his wife donated a lot to Family's Band. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I just can't remember I can't remember his name, but um he was teaching us about a lot of the successes that African Americans had in the past. Right. So it was a lot of names. Like he he didn't even get through all the names, but um it was a lot of names and he was telling us about what each person did. Right. And we didn't even have enough time to get through everybody, but it was like from Basically, not the beginning, but like towards the beginning of when African Americans started to see an uprise, like they're starting to succeed more, starting to um, do better for themselves mm-hmm. after slavery, and it was just a lot. Like it's the stuff that you don't get taught in school. Right. Like you don't get taught about these people in school because it's either not in the curriculum. Well, it's definitely not in the curriculum because there's a lot of backlash against the curriculum right now. But that's a whole different podcast. Right. But um, it's not in the curriculum, and we just don't we just don't cover those topics because usually our teachers are white. Mm-hmm. But even if they're black, they still can't cover all the stuff that we need to learn. So I feel like HBCUs definitely pick up where the slack was. And personally, I believe that a lot of a lot more black people should go to HBCUs so they could under get in tune with that side of their history. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, a lot of history is whitewashed, you know, they purposefully take out the staple black people that made a big change in history. They take them out to make black people seem insignificant as if they weren't important to a lot of what history's past is. So, you know, but the main thing about history, we are taught it so that we don't repeat it. But if we're not taught everything about it, we're going to repeat some aspects because there's a whole bunch of things missing. There's a whole bunch of holes and whatnot that people try to fill in, you know, with like random white people or random little facts of, you know, history or whatever. So I just feel like it's important that if you're going to teach history, you need to teach the whole thing, the white perspective and the black perspective, you know, because a lot of things in history are taught where, oh, it looks good because it's taught from the white person's perspective, you know? I think we really need to focus and hone in on the black person's perspective. Like, how was it, you know? Because in some schools, they're teaching now that slavery wasn't, you know, such a bad thing. Well, we all know it was it was terrible, you know? Everything that happened, everything that went on, it was terrible. It was inhumane. So, but now a whole bunch of schools are just teaching as if, oh, it was a staple to the revolutionary era in America, you know, how we could progress, da-da-da-da-da. Just because, you know, it helped move America closer to modernity, it does not mean that it was right. It does not mean that it was a humane tactic of building America. You feel me? So it's like, teach the whole thing from both perspectives, not just from the receiving perspective, you know? Yeah, exactly. And in our band, we call it the good, the bad, and ugly. So you got to teach the good, the bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're not doing that in our curriculum Definitely. because I saw um they had this map on CNN it I mean I don't really go for CNN for all my news mm-hmm. but this was really interesting to me like I saw a YouTube video and they had CNN they were talking about the curriculum and how a lot of the textbooks are leaving stuff out or just misinterpreting a lot of yeah. stuff and it said in some states they don't even teach about the civil rights movement oh. and a lot of them don't teach about um they don't they don't they made slavery seem like it wasn't as bad as it was right. and especially in Texas, like they're trying to make um, amends to change that, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have been there in the first right. place. Like you should, you can't, you can't make it all these bad things seem like they weren't so bad just so you can protect your own ego yeah. and your own 
um ideal uh about I'm trying to I'm trying to word this right about history. Mm-hmm. So like you can't say oh slavery wasn't as bad as they seem because now you just seem like it seems it, it's making it obvious that you you don't care deep down inside. Right. It's like it's like I'm trying to protect my own uh values, so I'm just gonna make it seem like it wasn't as bad as mm-hmm. it was. When we all know that it was bad, and then on top of that, that leaves the parents' responsibility to educate their children about it because now the since the education system not doing that now your parents got to do right. that i remember this vividly um a couple years ago when i was younger uh my dad i my dad and i were having a talk about you know the justice system you know law enforcement and i remember telling him it was like it's so stupid how they can just racially profile you and get away with it you know like we should be able to do something. We should be able, we should be able to state or stand up for ourselves when we're pulled over unrightfully, you know? And he told me, he was like, it's important for your life that you don't do that. You know, because seeing the climate that we're in now, a lot of these, almost every single victim, they were not, um, they were complying. Like it's in the videos, you can see that they were complying, but these officers are just using brute force and, you know, unnecessary force to try and detain them for no reason. You know, they're not Mirandizing them or anything like that. So he was telling me, he was like, it's important that you comply no matter how you look at the situation, you know, no matter how you may view it, if you think it's unfair that they pulled you over, don't say that, you know, just take that to court. If you are, and put in a situation where you need to go there, take that to court, you know, but don't, don't, don't make the streets your court. I remember hearing that not too long ago, but don't make the side of the road, don't make the streets your court, you know, you deserve a rifle court, a jury and things like that. Don't make these police officers your jury. So it's the fact that he had to be the one to teach us that because in school, police officers and law enforcement are just glorified. They're looked at as the good guys, but clearly from this year, we can tell that they're not and you're definitely right about that i feel like they don't even say that when you pick careers because i remember i was just curious at how they was going to teach about police officers and when they were talking about police officers they didn't tell us about how um they don't they didn't tell us about the the tension and the backlash with uh with police right. officers so they didn't say oh um a lot of police officers are looked at this because they treat these this group of people mm-hmm. like this and they don't tell you about how I, I guess you could say how people want to defund or reform the police. They don't tell you about that. They just say, oh, this is what a police officer does and they're right. good. And it, it's, it's important that you think that the police officers are good. And I think that everybody wants to think like that in the mm-hmm. end goal. But right now in the environment that we're in, you can't really think like that because you think like that, you're going to get, quote unquote, caught right. slipping and you don't want to get caught slipping because then you're just going to end up as another hashtag. Right. And that whole thing is also another podcast because that's there's a whole lot you could dig deep into with police into with police officers and you could dig deep into the history behind everything and all the um, the bad that come right. out of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's, it's just terrible that, you know, our view of the people who are supposed to save us has been altered, you know, because of the events that have been made or the events that have happened. It's it's terrible that it has to be that way. But, you know, to save our lives, that's just how it has to go. Exactly.
Um, my next topic, my next talking point, um, how do you feel about the funding towards HBCUs? Um, do you think that there should be way more funding to it? And how do you think it compares to that of PWIs? So I definitely feel like there needs to be a lot more funding towards these HBCUs because if you look at the PWIs, a lot of their funding comes from these like big political figures, you know, because oftentimes that's their alma mater. So they're going to give back, you know, as they should. But I feel like HBCUs deserve the same amount of love because they're they they do the same thing. They're just not PWIs, you know. And so, and I, I've noticed that within the HBCU community, there's um, certain HBCUs that are picked for funding over others. You feel me? Like Spelman and Morehouse, they're typically the token HBCUs. They're picked, or Howard. Right, right. They're picked over the other ones because I guess you could say they're well-known or, you know, they've had more successful people graduating from them or not successful, um, well-known people. I feel like the more known people you have graduating from it, the more known the HBCU will be. That's kind of a given. So I definitely feel like there needs to be a lot more funding towards HBCUs, but specifically the ones that people don't really recognize. You know, like there's so many that people just don't even know exist. I just, I remember delving in to the world of HBCU and I'm just like, that's an HBCU? I didn't even know that. I didn't even know it existed. So the fact that you don't know a lot of these colleges are HBCUs because one, they're not given the proper media attention and two, the funding is just, they're sinking below. So. Exactly. And um, disclaimer to all those who go to them, Spellman's and Morehouse and Howard, right. we love y'all, but you know, you, you know how it is, you know how it is. And I definitely agree with what you just said, because um, let me give you an example. Uh, we went to Allen university mm-hmm. And I, we have a few alumni that went that go to Allen right. right now. And just going to the campus, I could see that it was different than a lot of these Spellmans and Hamptons and right. all them. And you could really tell because you could tell that they're not being as funded as these other HBCUs because just the campus alone was, was um, it wasn't as, how, how can I put this? It wasn't as, pleasing. yeah, aesthetically right. pleasing. And I feel like that's kind of similar to how high schools are sometimes yeah. because if you take a look at um, some of these majority black schools that are in majority black neighborhoods, then you could tell that the the school and the school campus and uh, all the activities they have within the school, it's not as much as these white majority schools, such as like a Grayson mm-hmm. or a Brookwood. And I just, I do, it's really obvious, and that's obvious in the the college yeah. world too, because when you go to HBCU and then you go to a PWI, you're like, it's it's, it's different, it and it's a different feel. But even though like, even though with an HBCU you have the black culture and everybody's just making the best of it, and you could see a lot of these HBCUs are starting to get mm-hmm. more funding. Like for example, FAM, and they're making renovations. Right. It's still obvious that there's a huge difference, not only with the look. But you could kind of tell with some of the um, the resources okay. given, and you hear you hear about it a lot, and not just in the news, but you hear it from family members, you hear it from just talk show hosts, and all that. You hear it from right. everybody, and it's it's obvious that this that the the 
differences mm-hmm. is there. I definitely feel like because a lot of the reasons why people opt not to go to HBCUs, the tuitions are ridiculous. They're so high, which is why a lot of people try to get scholarships and whatnot. But the tuitions are so high because they go back into the school to help with renovations, you know, to help with building new things for supporting the students most oftentimes not. So, you know, getting having a lack in funding, you know, that's one of the main reasons why HBCU tuitions are are astronomical. They're just extremely high, especially when you're looking at out of state. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. But I understand why the funding is it's just not there as if um it was in a PWI. But I think that's that tuition aspect is it's also high with PWIs because when I look at uh, schools in general, I take a look at some PWIs just so I can have it on my list, like uh, UGA mm-hmm. and all that. And their tuition is higher than most HBCUs, but it's like I guess it's when you break it all down. Because if you if I was to go to UGA, then and, as opposed to um, I don't know if you got to pay. I don't know how much you got to pay for out of out of state tuition at FAM. But say I mm-hmm. wanted to go to FAM, it would cost more to go to FAM, I believe than going to right. UGA because one UGA's in Georgia two I got the Hope scholarship that right. applies in Georgia but you know I don't know all the fine details about it but just like if you did at first glance that's how mm-hmm. it would be and it would seem that it would just be less to go to right. UGA but I feel like I feel like the tuition aspect is I, I want to say is more for PWIs and you could say it you, everybody knows it's more for mm-hmm. Ivy League schools because, huh, Jesus, I got a lot of friends it's that want to go there. For the name to at some, that point. It's just for the name. But I feel like the tuition aspect is, is something that we both need to look right. into a little bit because obviously we don't have to do it anyway because we're going mm-hmm. to college soon. But I think that aspect we need to look into right. a little more. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel you. It's just um, like scholarships, you know, Sometimes they don't offer much in scholarships because they don't have the money to do so. But it's important that you try and get out all these uh, all these scholarship opportunities, no matter if it's big or small, no matter if it's only 500 or if it's 5,000, get out these opportunities because, you know, the best way to go to, go to college is not on your own money. You don't want to ever pull out loans. Like, I'm not saying it's wrong to do so, but, you know, you, you want to try your best to get to college without your own money, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But um, another thing I want to talk about, how do you feel about HBCU, like, campus life? Like, that applies to band, that applies to Greek life. And, you, and you know, you don't got to say, like, if you're going to pledge or not and none of that because, you know, right, right, you know, right. hush. But, you know, everything else, like, like just the just the atmosphere of HBCU, how do you feel about it? Because, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast, but how exactly do you feel uh, about it? I feel like it's unmatched at an HBCU. You're not going to find that anywhere else. You know, you're going to see Greek life and you're going to see bands on these other um, campuses, but on HBCU campuses, you just, you're not going to find the same um, uh, environment, you know, at a different school. It's just, you're just not going to see it because, I remember touring Georgia Tech uh, my sophomore year, and I saw Greek Row. I saw their version of Greek Row, and I was like, oh, "Where's, where's the culture? You know, where's, you know, like, you know, just 
Right. Where's the flavor? flavor? Where's the flavor? Because and HBCU, you're gonna see them strolling sometimes. You you'll see that, you know, and it's it's a given when they're strolling, you need to get out the way or you're gonna get trampled. So it's like a lot of these things when you go to HBCU, you learn it along the way and you get to, you know, share it with other people or you know, you get to bond over your experiences at an HBCU, especially campus life with people you go to school with, which I feel like is very important when you go to college. And the bands as well, it's just, it's a family. When you go into the band, even in, at the high school level, it's it's a family there. You know, those people you get along with, that's your family for the four years if you decide to stay. So it's just like, especially on the collegiate level, it's really going to feel like a family. Y'all are going to be together because y'all are bonding over this band experience, you know, what happens in the band, stays in the band, you know, how band is looked at as a cult, which is understandable because we, Cause yeah, it is. <clears throat> it's, you're not going to find the what happens on an HBCU campus at any other school. It's just for the HBCUs exclusively. Exactly. And I, I feel like you, you got some PWIs that kind of right. try and imitate it. Like, I guess you could say mm-hmm. LSU. Because LSU is kind of like they people make a joke like, oh yeah, make LSU a PW, right. I mean HBCU. But um, aside from that, I feel like HBCU, like just campus life or just the experience of going to HBCU, is something that's mm-hmm. worthwhile, and that I, I like you. I, you wish that you could bottle right. that energy up right. and just sell it because because it's just something that you that you just feel mm-hmm. once you step on the campus. And I think all my HBCU uh, student listeners can vouch for me on that because they go to the HBCU now. Mm-hmm. So I have any, I don't, only, I don't even go to the school, but every time I step on the campus or every time I go to mm-hmm. band camp or every time I talk to some people from an HBCU, I just feel like A, mm-hmm. we're a family. B, they're actually excited and proud that right. they went to HBCU. And C, it's just, it's just the amazing. Like you see it on YouTube, you see it on yeah. Instagram, you see it on Twitter. Everybody that went to, well, mostly everybody that went to HBCU, right. they don't regret it. And people, people, I feel like people that didn't go to HBCU, yeah. they kind of regret it because I know my mom. She was, she was, she tells me all the time. She's like, I kind of wish mm-hmm. I went to HBCU because it's just like, it just, it just feels better and it feels like you feel like you have a connection right. to everybody around you and not stepping on a PWI's, toe, a PWI's toes or nothing but it's just something about an HBCU that you can't get mm-hmm. at a PWI because it's like say say it's like you all know the right. struggle you know what I'm saying and when you go to PWI I feel like they don't know exactly. your struggle and they don't they don't have this common um the common uh what's it what's it called ah Entrance or ah, i can't think of the word <laughs> the common uh oh, obstacles yeah. and hurdles they don't have the common right. obstacles and hurdles that you have so for example as a black person we have to deal with like you said what we said right. earlier the police for example at a pwi most of the white people there they don't have to do right. it they don't have to deal with that and they didn't have to deal with that in the past. Like, their ancestors or none of that, they didn't have to deal with... They, they definitely didn't have to deal with slavery. So, that's just... That just feels like people that go to HBCU, they all know that connection, and they all strive to do better while helping right. each other it's do better. It's important that we stick together, because that's the only way that 
we're gonna you know move move forward we need to unify ourselves because that's i mean because if if they see that we're not unified ourselves how are they gonna ever take us seriously how are they gonna look at us like oh they're really trying to make change if we're constantly having strife with one another so i feel like hbcu life definitely brings us all together you know whether it be the food or the just the events or the activities and things like that it just brings us all together the people you meet it's just the difference in backgrounds especially it's important because you know you have black people coming from sometimes poor backgrounds you have black people coming from higher life backgrounds you know it just the difference in backgrounds and just seeing it all come together and seeing us all bond over something similar it's it's important it most definitely is. And I, I just feel like both of us and all our friends, I feel like everybody that wants to go to HBCU or is in the HBCU is just very excited as far as definitely. what's coming in the future. And I feel like that's something that we all need to take in. And just we need to all understand it more, do our research and, you know, look into it some more. And just, just want to understand the history behind it. But you also need to... Um, Right. Appreciate it. And you also have to celebrate. You also celebrate it because the 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 struggle that it had the struggle that the founders had to go through to actually bring about these HBCUs and right. uplift it and just build upon one another's successes mm-hmm. with the HBCUs. It's just something that we all need to learn and we all need to just take in Definitely. and we can't take it like for granted. It's, it's important to celebrate black life black culture you know because we we really need that love right now so yeah yeah i definitely see where you're coming from exactly but uh that's that's it for the podcast and i really appreciate you coming on the pod i really appreciate your uh take Mm -hmm. on hbcus and i feel for all my listeners out there um she's one of my best friends so you you know you want to go to HBCU, so we're gonna be HBCU uh, right, right, students right. in the future. You already know. So, uh, but again, thank you. Really, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on the pod and giving me your take on mm-hmm. HBCU life. And I hope you have a great day. And let's let's both pray that we get into right, the right. schools that we yeah. want to get into. I am thankful for you inviting me here. I was so glad when you um, offered it up. I was like, because I remember, I was like, oh, I want to be on one of the podcasts, but I didn't want to intrude. you like, hey, can I be on your podcast? So I was so happy when you asked me. So thank you for allowing me to share my little slice on HBCUs, and I hope you have a great evening as well. No problem. And um, for anybody else that wants to be on the podcast, feel free to hit me up feel free to just talk to me be like hey i want to be on a podcast too and because i will be happy to have you on the podcast uh so now you could come so now you could come back anytime uh this is just a great experience and hopefully you do come back and we have another topic that we want to discuss and um i hope you have a great day uh again for my listeners out there my name is jason lane aka maestro J. And you can follow my Instagram at MaestroJ underscore FL and my music page, Music by MaestroJ. And with that, peace and love to my kings and queens out there. Uh, Thank you, Sanaya, again. And I hope you and your family have a blessed day.